episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Although... We're not here to talk about that kind of Christmas. No, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to These Go to Eleven. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Dude, I did like the Santa greeting, though. Wasn't that good? Nice. It, it, it kind of, I'm sitting there looking at a couple of notes I have, and I'm like, whoa, that woke me up. <laughs> Dude, if I'm right, this is dropping 13 days before Christmas. Yes, today is the 12th, and so, well, it's always weird talking about the podcast and when it drops, because it's it's midnight on Tuesday. So it's kind of the 11th going into the 12th. Yeah. Uh, bottom line, though, dude, is uh, you've got about another week, gentlemen, because you know I'm talking to the guys, to get your Amazon orders in. Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? You got it till the 24th. 24th, baby, at least to go. You got, like, you got, two, you got two weeks. That's true. <laughs> dude, my memory still, I, I share this a lot when I preach. I never appreciated it. My parents, you know, we'd go to Cary, North Carolina mm-hmm. when my grandmother you know, was uh, alive and uh, back just outside of Raleigh. And I have great memories of those Christmases. And um, the guys always went out on Christmas Eve. We'd eat at the Rockola Cafe. Yep. Great kind of fun place uh, right near uh, NC State. And then we uh, would see a movie. And I saw some great ones there in that time, dude. I think we saw Star Trek uh, IV, The Voyage Home. Uh, the one where yep. they go back and get the whales. Yep. You remember, I love that one. That's a good one. That is a good one. Uh, I think that's a Nimoy directed one. Yep. And then um, planes, trains, automobiles. Oh, such a classic! Great, nineteen eighty seven. Uh, I think in ninety we saw the last Boy Scout. Not one of Bruce Willis's best, uh, yeah. Damon Wins, but still fun. And um, have all these memories. Yep. Uh, and one of those was on the twenty fourth. The last thing we would do is. Uh, my dad would stop at the uh, Kmart on Kildare Farms Road. Kmart, mind you, for my mother's uh, uh, Christmas gift shopping. So <laughs> tells you a lot about maybe maybe the priority my parents put right. on it. My father always would come out there and said, your dad always gets it just in time. <laughs> the one year they were pretty depleted, uh, but he found something. And, you know, my mother stayed with him, so I assume it worked out. So, yes, there is time for the guys that want to take the Milt Dutcher route. That's right. But, Greg, all I have to say is those aren't pillows. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, that movie that I know that's kind of more of a Thanksgiving movie, technically, but it's a holiday film. Yep. Never gets old. Oh, no. I will never watch that movie and be bored with it. Yeah. Every scene to me is pure gold. Yeah. Uh, You know what one I love, dude? Do you remember the... um, uh, the the scene where uh, Steve Martin calls home and yeah they kind of show the montage there you know, he's stuck in Wichita or yeah. whatever the airport and, you know he, you just you feel for him because they show us 
cute little girl and she's doing a Thanksgiving pageant and all I want is my daddy to come home safe and he comes back to the table where Candy is. He's like, oh, everything all right on the home front? Because, ah, you know, my daughter was in a little pageant. Yeah, I just, you know, she did it. And Candy goes, oh, yeah. You don't get those moments back. (laughs) 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 Like the worst possible thing to say. And says it so casually. Um, that reminds me of his uh, his line in uh, the the conversation he has in um, Home Alone. Oh yeah, where uh, they're in the back of the truck. And, he's almost you know, the same character. Yeah, in that. he yeah. he really is. Yeah, the, right. The, 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 the polka group. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, is it uh, Marine? Uh, oh, I know. What's the, what's the mother's who, who name? Who plays the mother? Yeah. Ah, uh, listeners, talking. let us know. Um, listeners will tell us. Yeah, but uh, you know, talking about leaving, he's like. Oh yeah, you know we, we we left the little guy alone in a, in a funeral home all day, you know. But, but he was fine. He was yeah, fine. He was fine. <laughs> yes, I think I do remember that dude. So funny. So or which takes him back to planes, trains. Last one. Do you remember when um, the 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 guy pulls up? Who's actually an actor I've seen in a number of uh, films. Oh, he plays um, in the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. He plays. Is it Dr. Connors? Oh, yeah. He actually uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. plays the guy that picks up John Candy and Steve Martin when they're freezing to death. Right. And he's going to drive, and he gets out, and he's this like hillbilly guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, he, uh, you know, they've got, you know, Candy's big case there. And he says to his wife, who's like holding the baby there, he's like, Get your lazy behind out here. And, <laughs> but they're like, No, 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 no. She doesn't have to do that. And then uh, remember, he goes, she don't mind. She's skinny, but she's strong. All right. Save the audience, Nathan. That's right. That's because right. Because you know I'll do this for 45 minutes. Well, and the reality is we are going to do this. We will yeah. have our Christmas bonus episode yes, that we'll we do talking about movies and music we, and all the fun stuff. A hundred percent. But, uh, Greg, we, we decided that this Christmas, and we said this last week, uh, you are probably every other year going to do... A Christmas devotional series. Yes. Um, whether that is just audio recorded or audio video or yep. book, whatever it might be, the, the Christmas devotional that you will do for um, for our church, Christ Fellowship, uh, is going to be an every other year thing. And so we decided this year, this is an off year for you for that. Yeah. Um, because of everything else that's going on. So we decided we were going to take this time and use the podcast to do what we would normally um, what we would normally do is we would just make this all a nostalgia fest. Yeah. We would do all movies one week. We would do all music the next week. We would do, we would do a week of sermons. What, yeah. are, what are you, you know, what are, what are you focusing in on? Sure. Christmas. We've um, talked about traditions yeah. sometimes and, and you know, uh, there, there's so many aspects to Christmas. Uh, but this one, you're right. We're zeroing in on a little more. Well, in a sense, last year, and I did enjoy that. You know, I did yeah. a little three to five minute devotion each yes. day um and i really enjoyed that that we had leading all the way up through advent to yep. to uh, christmas day um and we're not i'm not doing that this year so i'll probably yeah. like you said do it next but by doing three podcasts around the 45 50 minute mark that's right uh we're going to be roughly around the same time frame yes. of, of doing that. Exactly. So. Now, we, we got a little planes, trains in there. So that's we'll right. Just, we'll pretend that didn't happen. That's right. Uh, but that's what we thought. So last week, of course, uh, mm-hmm. we looked at 
Genesis, Genesis 3.15. Yep. Genesis 3.15, the proto-evangelion, the, yes. first, uh, the first announcement, the first uh, gospel. Yeah. Um, and then we uh, this week we're we're going to be looking at something a little different. We're going to be jumping ahead several thousand years, quite far ahead, because with only three, so we kind of did the one Old Testament. Yep. There's so much we could do. Oh we yeah, could do Isaiah seven, Isaiah yeah. nine. We could do Micah five. I, and really, um, when we start looking so much into these things, right? I mean. The, the whole of the Old Testament, as as Christ says, is all about him. Always. And so we could take from Genesis 1 and go all the way up into uh, Malachi and just, oh, yeah. um, you know, just really rock the Christmas story because yeah. it is all about Christ and that's how it was designed and set up to be. Of course. But we realize that you and I are both a little more nostalgic. Yes. And our audience might be a little more nostalgic. And so we're going to find ourselves landed in Matthew. Yes. Matthew chapter one uh, is is an interesting uh, <clears throat> chapter because it almost harkens you back into like numbers it or does. Leviticus, the way it's written, because it's, it's all genealogy. Which, when you think about it, Nathan, is so... It's it's almost uh, boy you, you never well that's why I'm saying almost everyone. right right uh, if you were anticipating a sequel like I'll never forget dude I was ten years old mm-hmm. when Han Solo was frozen in carbon yeah right I mean and no internet no YouTube behind the scenes no pull up my phone to get right. cool updates you had to wait three years yeah. Uh, and you know, had some good stuff. Had Indiana Jones yep. in '81 and stuff. You know, Raiders. But you're just waiting, waiting, waiting. And imagine that sense of anticipation for a sequel to a movie. Like, imagine 400 years of silence right. after Malachi. Man, yeah. New Testament, and it opens up with a 17 verse genealogy. Yeah. So when I was looking back, Nathan, through my notes, remember I, I was uh, uh, showing you uh, right before we went live or went live recording today. Right. Um, I preached this in 07. I've done yes. some other versions of it. I called it Why Ruin Christmas with a Genealogy. Yeah. And I still have those notes. Nice. And I'm still equally fascinated as I was... Uh, is that 16 years ago? Somebody do the math do on that. that. Yeah, I, I think mean, it's 16 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I'm still fascinated by the what at first yeah. may seem like a letdown. Yep. Because when you think about it, all oh, this, we're, we're going to get to the Messiah. Right. <laughs> You've got a genealogy. But I think that's actually important. Yeah. Because I think Matthew has a number of goals Uh, in this genealogy. Let me give you a quote by uh, theologian scholar Bob Deffenball. Uh, I had this one written here. He says, Jesus is the legitimate heir to the throne of David. He is the king of Israel. When we see that the covenant promises to Abraham and David were fully and finally fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ, we are once again assured by God's word that God always keeps his promises. What he says he will do. On the cross of Calvary, our Lord cried out, it is finished. God always finishes what he starts. Mm-hmm. And I think this genealogy, and you know, he kind of hints at it, is, is not just random. Well, let me give right. a long drum roll introduction until I get to Jesus. 
No, it starts a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Hmm. Now, we both know there's quite a few generations between Abraham and David. (laughs) So you're like, whoa. Right. I mean, this would be like somebody mentioning my dad and then mentioning somebody that's going to be born great, 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 great. I mean, I'm long gone. Yeah. Um, But if you think what Matthew's purpose is, he's going to roll out the red carpet to introduce Jesus. Yeah. The two people that he wants his largely Jewish audience Mm -hmm. to understand uh, the Messiah's connection to, Jesus of Nazareth's connection to, Mm. are in a sense, I always say, it's not a perfect example, but pretty Mm -hmm. close. Abraham is like our George Washington. Yeah. David is like our Abraham Lincoln. Right. Be nice if the Abrahams matched up. Right. Uh, But you can pivot from one to the other. You've got its founding patriarchal figure in Abraham. You have its most famous leader. Yeah. And many scholars would say Lincoln, I mean, who held the union together, is the face, as it were, of the U.S. Yeah. that would be significant yeah. if we don't have a royal lineage here in the U.S. But um, Matthew, that's that's a clear purpose that he has. And I think while I would be the first to admit, Nathan, I'm not ever excited to read a genealogy, <laughs> it helps me to understand the purpose. Yeah. Oh, that is important. Yes. Particularly to Jewish readers. Yes. Let's see the linkage all the way down to Jesus of Nazareth. And, and I think that's key to remember, too, is that we are, um, when we look at Scripture, I think it's, we can certainly appreciate what's going on and what God is doing in Israel. But I, I think we do need to step back for a second and remember that that this is this is primarily a Jewish nation yeah. and and the things that are going on realistically if you break down a lot of the traditions and things that are still going on in some of the more orthodox Jewish homes these are things that would have been practiced in the Old Testament that they would have talked about in the Old Testament yes and and so we need to keep that in mind I think you've said it before, Greg. I'm sure you stole it from someone. Um, oh, that, I steal everything. That's right. Uh, that uh, Judaism, the problem with Judaism is not that it is um, a false religion. It's an incomplete religion. Oh, yes, of course. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah, we would never say it's, it's false because it's, I mean, the, it's the Old Testament. Yeah. It's sacred scripture. And we look at it as, as un, unchanging truth. Um, but I love, it's been attributed to Augustine, mm. and I'm not so sure he said this, particularly since it rhymes well in English, but uh, he certainly said things like this, and it may just fall into anonymous antiquity. Sure. But the old phrase that the the old, or I'm sorry, the new is in the old concealed. Mm. The old is in the new revealed. Yeah. A little helpful uh, mnemonic device to almost think of the continuity between the Old and New Testament and their relationship. Yeah. That, as you said earlier, we could do the entire Old Testament for Christmas because it is the red carpet, uh, or I should say it's the ramp up. Yeah. Matthew's the red carpet. There, here he is to the arrival of the hero of the story. Yeah. So the genealogy is important, especially in a day and age where. If you're tracking God's promises, yeah, 
And think about Abraham. Yeah. All the odds stacked against him. Uh, he's an old man. Yeah. And, you know, he's 100 years old. His wife's 90. I mean, dude, sometimes. Now, I know they lived longer then, but still, that. But still, uh, 100 and, and the longest they're living at this point is 120 years. Exactly. And so you're only talking, you've got 20 more years before you're going to die. Yes. And, oh, you're going to have a kid. Right. Biologically, naturally. Which is why Sarah, of course, in the story, laughs. Yeah. Um, and God gets the last laugh because he's, you know, he, uh, you always, I always have to be careful here, dude. There are supernatural things at work yeah. through natural means. Yes. Different than the conception of Jesus. Right. Which is purely supernatural. Right. Purely supernatural. Yes. The supernatural aspect of Isaac's birth, he is human. Right. He's coming from the you know, lineage of his father and earthly mother together. Uh, but God is clearly at work, and the right. odds that are stacked against him are the age. This just right. doesn't happen, and God says, we'll just see about that. But, you know, if Isaac is the child of promise, uh, and you look at Israel's history, how many times they were threatened uh, on the verge of potential extinction. Yeah. The lurking question in the mind of the Old Testament reader is, well, God's going to keep his promise, right? God's going to keep yeah. his promise, right? And so the genealogy is really, I, I love the quote by Deffenbaugh here, just a reminder, yeah, yeah, he does keep his promise. Yes. We don't. Right. I make promises and break them all the time. Yeah. As we said before, uh, New Year's resolutions, we'll talk about in a couple weeks. Um, I'm notorious for breaking them, but God does not. Yeah. But then, Nathan, some of the other stuff in this genealogy. Yeah. Um, well, there's again, there's so much to highlight. Like you said, we 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 go to Abraham, and this is, I mean, this is the first promise where we get the the idea that God is going to specifically set apart a people. Yes. Not not individuals, but there's going to be a nation. There's going to be a group that is directly going to be linked to God. Yes. Um, and he's going to use them for his purposes. And and again, from the very beginning, right? Missions is on the heart of God. Why is Abraham getting all of his... I tell this to my students all the time. Why is Abraham getting all of this wealth, yeah. all of these blessings, all of this benefit, so he can be a blessing to other nations? Absolutely. Dude, he is a conduit, right? Or yeah. I heard somebody say they... And I know nothing about plumbing, dude, but they <laughs> held up a J pipe, right? Shaped like a J. So the it receives the water and it it shoots out right it's it's to pass on yep um and a reservoir just stores the water and yep. israel was never meant to be a reservoir right um yeah it was meant to bless the nations and as you know the promise was was given to abraham um but what's fascinating nathan about this genealogy is uh in this day and age women are not mentioned in genealogies yeah. um, ever. So there's not just one exception here. There's four. Yeah. I think Matthew is well aware that the four will stand out. Mm. So before we even talk about each person, yeah. each woman who's named, just to stand back and say, wow. Uh, again, I think this is a helpful apologetic for our day and age. Mm -hmm. Many people have gotten the impression that the Bible is 
uh, misogynistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is anti-women. Uh, it is uh, it's a man's world, and women are just living in it, and all those kinds of things. Um, and then you get yet another reminder. Yeah. Now keep in mind, yes, this is a New Testament passage, but it's kind of an Old Testament passage, right? Right. I mean, yeah. Everybody mentioned, right, is in the, Old, the Testament. Old Testament. Yeah. And there is a reminder. So the four women, uh, dude, I need to cheat. I'd love to tell you it's right <laughs> at the top of my mind, but I don't pull up my notes. Are Tamar, yep. Rahab, mm-hmm. Ruth, mm-hmm. and she's not named, but we know it's Bathsheba because yeah. she's named as. Uh, it says David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Yeah. So we know who that is. Yeah. Now it's interesting that she's not named. We we could talk about that in a moment. Um, it's not just that they're women. Yeah. They're women that no PR firm would likely choose. Right. Right. This oh, isn't sweet, innocent Mary. No, no. And, and if you imagine a PR, firm. all right, all right, you twisted our arm. All right, we'll, we'll get a woman in there. Right. We got to get four. Four. What are you? This is a man's world. No, no, nobody wants to hear about. Why all of a sudden, dude? Do I sound, sound like, like Jimmy Stewart? Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> oh, I think I'm literally thinking of it to one of No, come on, Nathan. Don't you remember the time old man Potter? Old man Potter came and tried to take your land, dude. Did I just? That was the weirdest moment on the podcast. Even you said, "I said, why do I sound like Jimmy Stewart?" <laughs> what the heck, dude? It's Christmas, baby. It you can't have Christmas without Jimmy Stewart. You gotta have Jimmy Stewart. Oh, gotta work him in there somehow. Mary, I, I tell you, Mary, I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the rope around the moon for you, Mary. Um, all right, so. <laughs> Dude, that was the weirdest moment. <laughs> Woo! I'm going to try to do uh, Ebenezer next, but um, uh, tell them to leave it alone then. Um, uh, so uh, I think you should do the uh, Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. <laughs> I can definitely do the Bill Murray Scrooge. <laughs> Talk about a toaster, but we'll uh, we'll come back to that. Uh, the, the the women. Uh, I'm, I'm going to laugh about that for a while, dude. I'm going to have to hear that played back at some point. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's the PR firm. Right. <laughs> the PR firm reacting to the pitch. Let's get not one woman. Let's get four. And then the women that are named. Let's talk Tamar, because I got I to gotta break this, dude. I'm gone. Tamar... Uh, well, what is she best known for? Well, uh, she deceived her father-in-law, Judah, disguised herself as a prostitute yeah. uh, so that she would um, have him, uh, you know, a father, a, a child. Um, ooh, that's, that's something in a family. Uh, that's one of those stories that, people bend over backwards to cover up. Right. Right. You heard in the old days, I mean, uh, not that long ago, you know, uh, if, if a girl uh, became pregnant yeah. before she was married, uh, you've heard the, all those stories, often was kind of sent away yeah. to quietly have the baby somewhere, hush, hush. Yeah. You might have a cover story. Um, wow. What about this story? Right. You know, a guy's daughter-in-law dresses up uh, as a prostitute 
I mean, this is not what you would expect right. to find in the genealogy of Jesus. Right. Um, the next one is Rahab. Right. Now, Rahab, we, we, we know the story of what she did. Yeah. But it's a scandal in the Old Testament. It's re-scandalized in the New she was a harlot. Right. Um, and the text does not hide that from us. Yeah. Um, so I've always been intrigued by that story because when Joshua and Caleb come knocking on the door, dude, I think can we reasonably suppose she probably expected they were looking for the normal service? Right. I mean, that would be the initial expectation sure. you would think, sure. right? Sure. And of course, uh, you know they're they're not. They are uh, doing God's work yep. and sizing up the land. And she hides them. Mm-hmm. Have we podcasted? Now, wait, real this? quick. Just you, you said Joshua and Caleb, but this is after this. This is just before they enter into Jericho. They didn't go in in that second uh, exhibition, did they? They were a part of the first, but wasn't it two other unnamed? I believe you're Soldiers. right, dude. Thank you. I just I'm, wanted to I'm, clarify I'm, that I'm, real quick. I'm speaking out of turn. That's that's bad when the pastor is uh, <laughs> screwing up the story. Sorry, dude. The Jimmy Stewart is still. That's right. Uh, is uh, yeah. I just wanted to clarify that yes. for our listeners. They went into the initial. Yes. And then when, then we have unnamed spots. Yes. You're exactly right because they're never named. Thank you, dude. And they she takes them in. Yeah. Um, and they are. You know, hidden. Yeah. Uh, and have we done a podcast before, dude, on Rahab and whether or not Rahab lied? You and I have talked about it a hundred times. We have talked about lying before. I don't know if we've specifically focused in on that. We, we need to do that sometime. We should do that yeah. sometime. It's, I mean, quick aside. Yeah. Seminary professor of mine, Dr. Robert Vinoy, is the first one to put this on my mind. Because it's a really tricky passage. Mm. Because there's no doubt she's rewarded. Yeah. Because when they do come into Jericho, she's spared. Yes. uh, And is not devoted to destruction. Right. Also, we learn that she is, um, you know, praised for what she did. Yeah. The book of Hebrews makes that clear. Yeah. She's praised for what she did. And uh, she does not, um, I mean, you, you can't mince words, dude. I mean, right. most people on the face of it would say, she lied. Mm-hmm. Are they here? No. But they were. And we sort of get into things like with uh, the Holocaust and World War II, yeah. the diary yeah. of Anne Frank, inglorious at the yeah. beginning, if you yeah. remember that scene where they're under the floor bur- uh, uh, floorboards. Yep. Um, that's a whole, I bring that up here because... There's always a little obscurity over the Rahab story. One, because of who she is yeah. and her profession. Yeah. Two, because she, she, many would say she lied. What that gets you into, dude, is what is the definition of a lie? Right. Um, some, I've, I've read a lot of commentators that say, well, her faith is praised, not mm. necessarily what she did. There are some people, I believe Calvin thought her action was wrong, but her faith was right. Hmm. I'm almost certain in Calvin's commentary on Judges, mm-hmm. he said, had she fully exercised her faith, the Lord would have found another way. 
mm-hmm. so that her faith was in the right place. She should have trusted. Sure. Where Luther came along and said, no, what she did was right. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's been a debate. So I'm saying there's a little murkiness there. Yeah. But you can't doubt this is a woman that, again, I'm a little shocked to find her in right. the genealogy, right. in, you know, genealogy of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what's interesting, right? Because, again, we, we look at... Um, we look at Tamar, who is a part of the the family line, yes. right? I mean, she she is legitimately within the family. I mean, this is before the founding of the nation of Israel, right. um, but she is part of the legitimate family line. You get to Rahab, and we are several hundred years out now. Yeah, and Israel is is coming out of Egypt. They're coming out of their wanderings. They are an established nation. Yep. And she, at some point, <clears throat> becomes a member of the tribe of Judah. It's incredible. She has to, because we know that's where Christ comes from. And Judah has been established at this point as a tribal nation. Oh, yeah. Well, do, I mean, the promise of, of the, the scepter uh, not departing from Judah is all the way back at the end of Genesis. Right. And, and you've got this, well, dude, let's just stay on point there. Yeah. Let's go to Ruth. Yeah. Um, Ruth, while she's a heroine in the story and is a woman of tremendous faith. Yes. You know, as you know, dude, I've preached Ruth twice. Yeah. And I'll do it a third time. I I never tire of the book of Ruth. And, you know, as the church grows and some people are gone and new people come in. Yeah. It's, I hate to say this, dude. It's like NBC Thursday night in the 90s. I, right. Their tagline was, if you haven't seen it. It's new to you. Right. You remember that? <laughs> so if you haven't heard Dutcher preach it, it's like you've heard it for the first right. time. But I just, Ruth always builds my faith. Yeah. I, I just, that story is such a beautiful story. But Ruth is a Moabitess. Mm-hmm. She is an outsider, just like Rahab mm-hmm. is an outsider, uh, but who she's brought into the line. Well, and, and really, again, when you look at the Moabites, I mean, this was... This was a heavy no-no yeah. for Israel to be mingling with. Well, dude, uh, if you recall, the Moabites are the descendants of Lot. Right. Dude, it's hard to say through an incestuous relationship with one of his daughters. Right. Um, it's, it, you know, just the Edomites can be traced to Esau. You, yep. you see these patriarchal connections back. So Moab, oh, no, no. There, yeah. There's not an association. Right. But when um, you know uh, they're you know Naomi's sons yep. that take uh, Ruth and uh, I believe it's Orpah, Orpah, yep. right? Which yeah. you always want to say Oprah, yeah, uh, as their wives. Yes, and those two sons die. Yep, Naomi um, you know, says, "Well, it, it's it's time to go back yeah. to the land that she went there initially. There, were, there was a uh, uh, famine and." Um, you know, both Orpah and Ruth, they don't have their husbands either, and right. say we're we're ready to we're ready to go uh, with you. And she's no, no, no. You're young women. You stay right. here. And Orpah does, mm-hmm. but Ruth, you almost see this beautiful picture of conversion. No, right. where you go, I will go. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. I yeah, mean, it's just one of the most beautiful statements uh, anywhere. But wow. Yeah. Think of the the scandal of her own pedigree, right? And her genealogy, and talk about you know a girl from the wrong side of the track, right? And marries the godly Boaz, you yeah, know, who was one of my favorite characters, yeah, in, uh, the in, kinsman redeemer, kinsman redeemer, the the Goel, 
And um, so is in the genealogy. And the fourth one, dude, interestingly enough, David was the father of Solomon. Yep, we know that one. Oh, who was his mother again? Who was? Because David's wife was Michael. So who? Oh, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Yeah. The biggest black eye scandal in the history of Israel's royal line right. is right here. Yeah. Um, and it's such a tragic story. Dude, again, it... It's Shakespeare before Shakespeare. Yeah. This is up there with Hamlet, Macbeth, yeah. King Le- all of them. Yeah. All the the downfall of the mighty and the hubris and the arrogance and the sin. It's all here. Uriah is his faithful soldier. Yeah. Who um, wants to fight for Israel. Right. Serve. Um, Can't even get him drunk enough to do the wrong thing. Exactly. <laughs> and keep in mind, even Uriah, he's a Hittite. Yeah. Right, so but he's he's serving, yeah, um, and fighting for David. David, you know, sleeps with his wife mm-hmm. while he's off fighting for him. Realizes she's pregnant. Uh oh, need to cover this one up. Let me get Uriah back, and it's almost comical, right? If it didn't end so tragically, it would be like almost a sitcom plot. Right, he purposely sleeps outside of the house, right? Because no, I'm 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 not going to enjoy the right. the the trappings of my marriage right. and 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 the, uh, the the pleasure I can have with my wife. I'm going to show my loyalty to David. Yeah, that I want to fight for him and be used. David, huh? Just put him in the thickest part of battle till, yeah. he, till he's killed, and he is. And not only that, put him in the thickest and then withdraw. Yes, exactly. Put him up front. Yep. And then when the battle starts getting hot and heavy. Everyone pull back. Let him be killed. He yep. sends him to his death, yeah. which Uriah does because he, he was willing to die. So, you know, David's problem is solved, quote unquote, until Nathan the prophet. Right. There you are, my friend. That's right. Comes to him and- uh, My namesake. You know, yes. And, and uh, you know, brilliantly ensnares him. Yeah. He, the story that he tells David seems to believe is real. Yeah. This one neighbor- uh, with this little ewe lamb, and the rich guy takes the ewe lamb, and David is so irate. This yep. man should be put to death. Yep. And you need the King James there, dude. <laughs> Only the King James will do. Who is this person? Thou art the man. Mm-hmm. That's the time where I like the thou. Um, so you think the woman at the center of that uh, scandal, not that she herself is the seductress, or that right. some people have tried to make more about that. I mean, it's funny that the text is very clear. David yeah. and his sin, the consequences right. that come upon David and his family. Right. Uh, and really, Dave, my friend Dave Shive argues, it's hard to find too many good moments for David after this. Yeah. He's still used of right. God, but his family falls apart. You think yeah. of Absalom uh, and just the, the complete division. Uh, and by the time his son Solomon comes to uh, the rain. I mean, the, all the seeds of division are sown. Yeah. Uh, so that after his death, everything falls apart. So those are the four women, dude. Yeah. Tamar, Rahab, um, Ruth, um, and Bathsheba. Yeah. So listen to this quote by F- uh, Frederick Bruner. It says, the four model matriarchs of Jewish history were Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah. The wives, respectively, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm. These four women are conspicuous by their absence here. Their husbands are all here. Mm. And so there was opportunity for Matthew to include the, quote, good wives. Yeah. But Matthew gives the church four new matriarchs. 
and all of them preach the gospel of the deep and wide mercy of God. Hmm. These four scandals, in their way, preach the gospel of divine mercy, which is Matthew's whole mission to proclaim. Matthew will later teach us that Jesus came, quote, not for the righteous, but for sinners, chapter 9, verse 13. But already in his genealogy, Matthew is teaching us that Jesus came not only for, but through sinners. Hmm. God did not begin to stoop into our sordid human story at Christmas only. He was stooping all the way through the Old Testament. That's good. Isn't that good? That's dude? good. Dude, I, I have not read this quote in years, and I thought, wow. Yeah. Doesn't that just give you the chills? Yeah. And it ties to how you led today. You didn't even know I was going to read that yeah. quote. The whole Old Testament, we could tell that story. Yeah. And even there, it's the story of God using, oh, what a surprise, broken, yeah. messed up, yeah. morally bankrupt yeah. people with either at the center of the scandal yeah. that bear the stench of the scandal, yep. uh, of their history, of of their you know their ancestry, um, and there's an unflinchingness to Matthew telling the story. Yeah. Oh man. Well, and I, and I love how you started this by by talking about Abraham, you know, being like uh, George Washington, yep. right? Because you think about the first president of the United States as a president, there's very little that you could find wrong with him. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is just, this is the archetype president for yep. us, right? I mean, didn't want the position in the first place, yep. uh, re- refused to be put up as a king yes. because people wanted another king. And sure. he, no, 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 we just, we just fought we to get just, away from that. Yeah, we, we We're just, not doing that again. Yes. Reluctantly takes up the presidency, then reluctantly takes up a second term. Mm-hmm. And then finally says, okay, guys, I'm getting old. I need to go home and retire. <laughs> like, yeah. w- we're done here. Yep. Um, find someone else. But they would have kept going with oh, him had, had it been allowed, right? When you think about, I think it's easier for us as Gentile Christians to look at the Old Testament and see, man, this is where Abraham messed up. This is where Sarah messed up. Yeah. The Jewish people would view them as we kind of view Washington. Yeah. We know there's some issues there, but we're not talking about those. I mean, these are our heroes, and yep. we don't talk about the mistakes in our heroes. Yep. Where where you look at the women in this line, and, well, yeah, Tamar is a prostitute. You yep. know, Rahab, yeah, she helped us out, but, I mean, look who she was before she joined us. Oh. You know, Ruth, man, she's got her own baggage yep. going on there, you know, and then, and then Bathsheba, you know, yep. this is... This wouldn't have been spoken, you no. know. These would not have been held up as as women of you know faith, so to speak. Yes. Um, and so, you know, again, putting yourself in the mentality of of a Jewish person, understanding what Matthew is actually doing here, the Jewish reader reading this, their jaw would have dropped. Oh, there's no <laughs> doubt about it, dude. He is. It is so intentional, and I think Bruner's coming. The absence, if you're going to put women, yeah, you, you would expect the other women yeah. any names, right? Uh, not these four, right? I love the comment. It's as if the church is given four new matriarchs, yeah, and all of them preach the gospel of grace, yeah. Woo, yeah, man, that's good. It is, isn't it? And what a time to remember it, Nathan, because I always say. 
when Lisa and I talk, especially when our kids were little, it, it, what's one thing? You know, because, hey, they're raised in suburban America. So Christmas, all the fun trappings, mm-hmm. you know, that creates a lot of fog. It can create a lot of haze. Yeah. For the true story to penetrate, you really have to be very intentional. Uh, talk about these things yeah. sometimes when it's not Christmas Eve. Right. And, you know, draw their attention to uh, these insights. You know, that the it just tells me that. And it tells me, first of all, that, and it's a joy to tell them, Jesus came, just like we just read, for the sinner, for the yes. needy, the unrighteous. Yes. It's not the healthy who need a physician. Yes. Right? And even when we look at the, the, the genealogy himself, we see God weaved into that story. Yes. The broken and the needy. You know, that, that's why he comes. Yep. Yeah. He does not come to save uh, perfectly adjusted people that need uh you know just need a little bit of religion in that's their right life. a little chili powder in the mix that's right not at all yeah no and that's and that's so important because that is the christmas story yeah you know and again we we have fun with you know our little our little christmas pageants and you know in a couple of weeks greg you and i are going to be up on stage doing something crazy with yes, the kids like we do yes, every year always dude um you know but but the most important thing and i love doing that right last year i was the grinch took pictures with i don't know how many people it, it was it was a fun time yeah but the important piece of this is that the gospel is at the center that oh. we never forget that when those angels come to the shepherd and they declare peace on earth. This is, again, said it before, say it again. God's emissaries coming, declaring that the ruler of the universe is, you no longer have to worry that he's going to strike you down. Yes. He has created, and he's done it. He's made the peace. He's sending his son mm. to deliver the pardon, and you are all invited to partake in the pardon that's been given. Amen. And that's just oh, so good, <laughs> dude. It, it's it's beyond good. I mean, it's um, it it. I mean, you can. And what I love is to keep that perspective at Christmas, yeah, and enjoy all the fun yeah. stuff. Oh, absolutely. It's so rich. Yeah, like it really. It, we don't just celebrate because it's tradition. It's fun, and you put up the tree. We we celebrate, and we can infuse our celebration with with a lot of substance. Yes, meaningful, substantial truth. That has weight. Yes. And I think of people this time of year, you know, because the depression rates start to really Oh, yeah. Yeah. And people that are reminded of their mistakes, real or imagined, or usually a combination of both. Yeah. They're reminded of just a series of bad decisions that was a chain around them worse than Marley Evermore, Right. right? And they just feel so down to have this message. Yeah. To say, do you realize... There's nothing about your past that yeah. that God is uh, skittish about. Yeah, that he he blushes over. He he knows. Yeah, and he comes to save and restore and heal. Well, and the other thing too is to to think about to think about this more in a realistic perspective, right? Because I can I can remember uh, my dad passed away when I was uh, 14. So I was uh, 15 the year that we celebrated uh, our first Christmas without him. I remember my mom for years afterwards 
was just a wreck at Christmas time because my dad loved Christmas. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's yeah. just one of his favorite times of the year. And so she was just, she was a, she was a wreck. Um, and, and knowing and understanding that the gospel cuts through that as well. Mm. Right. Cause the gospel is the, the story of how Christ enters the earth. He's, he's not entering in this, you know, 2023 Hallmark Christmas special mm-hmm. where, you know, uh, mom and dad find him all nice and wrapped up on the front mm-hmm. door of the step and they take him in. I mean, he's entering into the harsh world and reality of a very violent Roman Empire who has at this point conquered uh, what would be considered most of the known world at this point. Um, you know, circumstances that the reality is um, would normally get his mother killed. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a, you know, earthly father who, you know, and again, you can't blame Joseph who hears the story and is like, uh, yep. check please. I know. Um, yeah, the one guy I always say, dude, that really? Right. One guy in human history that right. it's the only time this is going to be true for. Right. And she was faithful. To right. She was not unfaithful to you. Yeah. And and again, you know, it's, angel comes and delivers the message and he hears it and he obeys, right? Yeah. Take her as your wife. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. And, and then the journey to Bethlehem from where they are in Nazareth. And then, you know, all of that entails with Mary being pregnant and... You know, they're being in Bethlehem and Herod coming to go after them, the fleeing to Egypt. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole the whole thing that we think about with the Christmas story, right? We we tend to gloss over yeah. some of that, but realizing that he is coming into the midst of tragedy and depravity uh-huh. um, that that we can really not imagine. And again. This is God's one and only son who he sends into the world like this. Yeah. And, and just understanding that you you can't tell me that that God is not seeing this and being moved. God the Father is not seeing these things and being moved that his son is in the world. Yes, it's a part of his plan and it's a glorious plan, but we also know that we are in his image and part of being in the image of God is feeling and emotion. And we are told in scripture that God has feeling and oh, emotion. Of course, dude. Yeah, that he he loves, it takes pity. He's he's moved because when we see Jesus' heart, if Jesus, what Jesus said is true. Yeah. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. He saw them, and they were like sheep without a shepherd. His heart was moved to compassion. Yeah, he was stirred within him. It's such a such a powerful picture, dude. I think that's a that's a good that's place a, to stop, don't you? It's a wrap for us, and we'll have one more we, next week. Yes, well, um, well, yes, we will actually we'll have two more. Oh, is that right? Yes, we'll have two more. Because we'll have the... So we'll actually have one that will drop Christmas Day. Oh, that's right. That's yep. right. Yeah, yep. I, I should pay attention to our planning. <laughs> You're right. We'll have two more. <laughs> two more. But uh, yeah. So until the next time, my friend, we just rock the Casbah. Yes, sir. Thank you again for listening to These Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org.
These go to 11.